In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, you're listening to St. Mark of Bemidji's podcast. Whether this is your first time or you haven't missed an episode in four years, thanks for joining us here today around the Word of God. Today, we continue our liturgy study, which will go on for another couple weeks. Hopefully, you've had a chance to hear a few of the first few studies, and I want to hear from you about what you think about this content. Email me at john.kirk at stmarksbemidji.org and let me know. And many thanks to those who have already given me feedback. Many people look at the Wisconsin Synod of the Lutheran Church and see us as very stodgy in our worship practices, or possibly too Catholic for many. It's pretty rare to hear any hymns written after 1940, and what's with all that psalm half-singing, half-chanting stuff? Did you know that there's a reason for all of it, and it's not arbitrary at all? In fact, it's ancient, beautiful, and it connects us to believers stretching back thousands of years. These short studies were written by a pastor from a confessional Missouri Synod pastor. Confessional meaning a strict interpretation of the Bible as the inspired Word of God without error, and ascribing to the three ecumenical creeds and a Lutheran confessions contained within the Book of Concord, as being authoritative in their studies of the Bible and their application. I'll be reading it, but it's his study and hard work that put it together. The study uses the order of worship colloquially known as page 5 and 15 of the Lutheran service book to explain the order of worship in a logical order. Today, we look at the section of the divine service known as Confession and Absolution. Until God speaks, man is dumb. We have nothing to say. But if God remains silent, we can know nothing of him. Sinful man is so totally corrupt he is incapable of addressing God as he should, or even finding him, as Dr. Luther taught in the third article of the Creed. Indeed, sinful man is only marginally even aware of God. The divine service takes note of this. God speaks first, and when God speaks, he invites man to reply. Thus we come to what the Church knows as confession and absolution. Our baptism, which God reminds us of in the invocation, gives us standing before God. Except this standing is not a standing of our own creation, mind you, but a standing bestowed upon us by God and dependent upon God. The baptized are children of God. As such, they are invited to come to their Heavenly Father. God invites us to lay before Him the burdens of our conscience. He invites us to confess our sins. It is what Jesus declared should be preached to all the world, repentance and the forgiveness of sins. Confession is a matter of simple truthfulness. The truth is, we have sinned, in ways we remember only too well, and in ways we are not even aware of. We have sinned. Sin is the fruit of our fallen nature. However, we are not sinners because we sin. Rather, we sin because we are sinners, and sinning is what we do. Generation after generation, the sinful natures of parents have been passed on to their children. Humanly speaking, it can be no other way. This God knows even before we open our mouths. But God wants us to know it, to recognize it as well. And this is the scary thing about it. This is not some come see come sa. This is the frightening realization of an inescapable truth that is dawned upon your mind and heart. You are face to face with God and you are accountable 
and there isn't a thing that you can do or say to justify yourself. In fact, if you even think to open your mouth, you sin and make matters worse. There isn't even a whisper of savability or worth in you. The broken and contrite heart, the, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner, heart, the heart where no fingers are crossed, the heart that is known to be open to God, the heart where there is no secure chamber, the heart that hears the voice, the word of God, walking in the garden and hides because it is naked, the heart that looks with terror at its sins and bows its head in shame and disgrace and graves sublime terror, because for that heart to look up is to see the Son of God himself, scourged to a bleeding pulp and nailed to a cross with the look in his eyes of eternal anguish, physical pain, and the deepest compassion, can that heart ever, ever lift up its eyes unto heaven, but beat its breast in the prayer, God be merciful to me, a sinner. God knows what saving love is this, that he invites us to speak the truth, to confess our sins. And when we do, a wonderful thing happens. In response to our truthfulness, God, too, is truthful. He absolves us. He forgives us. Indeed, He is compelled to. All we have done is confess. That is all we can do. We are incapable of removing even the smallest of our sins. But our capabilities are not the issue. God's mercy is, and that mercy has taken on human form in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God incarnate, made flesh. He is the second person of the most holy trinity made visible to human eyes. The second person of the holy trinity come for the salvation of man. The hymn writer sets before us a glorious picture. Jesus has come as the mighty redeemer. See now the threatening strong one disarmed. Jesus breaks down all the walls of death's fortress, brings forth the prisoners triumphant. Unharmed Satan, you wicked one, own now your master. Jesus has come, he the mighty Redeemer. Here, in a way, only a hymn could say it. The source of our salvation is hell before our eyes. Here we behold God's truth of forgiveness that answers our truth of confession. Here, We hear the voice of the Lord walking in the garden, and when he speaks, he speaks grace, mercy, forgiveness, and love. Oh yes, it is the voice of that same old pastor that we gotta listen to. No, it isn't. It is the voice of the Savior. The Savior stands before you. He that hears you hears me. I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. When the called ministers of Christ deal thusly according to Christ's command, this is a valid and certain in heaven also because Christ, our dear Lord, has dealt with us himself. And that pastor? The sins of this people have just been remitted. Christ put his spirit in me to do this? As I pronounced what word Christ gave me, it occurred? I heard it happen. I saw it happen. We are face to face.
with God. More next time, my friends. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity